Thank you for listening to Namat's Movie Reviews Podcast, available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Stitcher. Also, please follow Matt's Movie Reviews on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Reddit, Instagram, and MeWe. And of course, be sure to visit mattsmoviereviews.net for the latest reviews, top 10 lists, and more. Now, on to the show. Dig deep. What is your passion? Get back here! And how do we turn that passion into money? A euthanasia service that comes to your door. You know, I've been too easy on you. You're starting a class at the community college. Wait, what? I want good grades and perfect attendance. You can't smoke in here. Come on! Margot Sala, Andra. If that is your passion, go for that dream. We're all just still trying to adjust. It's been a rough year. See, magic is about making an audience feel something. Ideally, it would be a sense of wonder, but I'd settle for mild rage in your case. We want her to take the next step and get married. You don't care about how I feel at all. For some reason, you think a different set of rules apply. Why are you so cool with everything that's happening? I still listen to a tape my mom made. Even though it hurts. It won't be the same, but you'll heal. You remind me of me when I was your age. I wasted a lot of time being angry. Focus on your act. I'm glad we met. Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Perkovich, and this is episode number 430. Releasing April 22nd in theaters is Marvelous in the Black Hole, a dramatic comedy that tells the story of a rebellious teen who finds a connection with a surly magician while navigating her inner demons. A coming-of-age story about grief, anger, and a little miracles found in magic, Marvelous in a Black Hole is the latest film to star burgeoning actor Mia Cech, who I'm glad to say joins me today on the podcast. Mia, I thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much for talking to me. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting watching this film and just reading up everything about Kate's inspiration for the film. And her thing was like she wanted really to, you know, make a tribute to films that kind of like she watched as a kid. You know, movies she mentioned like Edward Scissorhands and E.T. Um, what about yourself? What was it about the script that really kind of spoke to you as a person, as, a, as an actor, um, in regards to, you know, the character of Sammy and uh, just the story that um, Kate put together here? Yeah, well, one of the main things that really drew me to um, Sammy was that she was different. She was really real and raw and she put... Kate is so amazing and she really wrote this script in such a beautiful way that Sammy, I had never seen that as an actor. I had never seen a character who was really just grieving and going through a difficult time and that looked like me and, and someone who was not going through a hard time in a way that was made to look polished or or you know, uh, how do you say it, uh, made to look um, 
kind of like an airbrushed version of, of, of something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it wasn't glorified in any way. It was really just a real raw experience. And it was really interesting for me to see that as an actor because I had not seen any roles come through the works that <laughs> was an Asian American girl who was just growing up through a hard time. And I was like, I have to do this. This is like one, this is like a project that I really feel passionate about. And then I walked into my audition and met Kate, met um, Carolyn Maurer, producer. And I, I knew that I absolutely had to be Sammy because Kate was just so cool just as a person. She's just so cool and has like a very set, but collaborative idea of what she wants her film to be which is super wonderful and she wrote such a beautiful script and made an amazing film off of her own experiences which is really wonderful i think the really interesting thing about sammy as well is that you kind of perfected the art of the scowl in this movie <laughs> kind of like and to kind of keep that as well throughout the whole film you know there are bits and pieces of course where kind of sammy kind of breaks this kind of water she has but to try to get into that mindset and kind of have that kind of that physical kind of uh, uh portrayal of what's happening inside there how do you kind of get to that moment where you can kind of keep that scale just so kind of permanent and so fixed because from what i've known so far from talking to you so far and like well i heard kate talk about yourself it's like sammy's kind of like the total 180 from where you are as a person so i'm sure what where do you what do you tap into to try to get to that attitude that she that sammy has well i I don't know. I feel like as as an actor, you kind of turning certain parts of you on and off is like uh, almost a natural thing. And it's really funny because I I actually didn't know that Sammy was based off of Sammy and Margot's relationship was based off of Kate's relationship with her grandfather. Yeah, I, I didn't know that it was kind of like based off her own story. And so um when I first met with Kate after I'd like gotten the role, she explained that to me. And I was like, I, part of me was like pressure is on. And the other part of me was like, I want to make this good. Like I, I want to accurately represent her own experience. And so that was one of the first things is we kind of had to figure out where Sammy's like rage and stuff was coming from it was it was really interesting because it, it wasn't really stemming from a place of being angry mm. it was stemming from more for grief and not knowing what to do with the loss with dealing with the loss that she was trying to get over and it, I think it was only worsened that sort of it sort of turned into rage because she saw that her father and her older sister were not it didn't seem like they were dealing with it as hard as she was and she didn't feel like they were, she didn't feel like they would understand that feeling of like that gut punch feeling that she was. And so that was one of the things that was, that was kind of where we had to pull from. And that was kind of like the baseline general line of where we sort of started from. And then we sort of used that as our core and built up from there. The core of the film is also this intergenerational friendship between Sammy and Margot. Margot, of course, played by the great Rhea Thorman. 
the great thing about Rio and like I'm, I'm sure you have known kind of like her her work back in like in Cheers and etc. Is that while Sammy has attitude, Margot gives it back as well. And I'm sure there's a great kind of interplay between you two. What's it like working with uh, Rhea? And especially in the context of she's playing kind of like this kind of like almost like a mental figure as well um, to Sammy. Um, is there kind of things happening behind the scenes between you two where you're trying to personify your own kind of relationship as well um, to kind of like equate what's happening on screen? Yeah, so definitely. I mean, I was super nervous when I found out that it was Rhea Perlman and I we were having a magic lesson. That was like one of the first things we did. We had a magic lesson and went to the magic castle. I was super nervous because I was about to meet Rhea Perlman and was going to work with her. And so I was like super nervous about like, is, am I going to be professional around this legend? And she is just one of the kindest people I have ever met in the industry. She's so like, she's very humble and she's very warm and welcoming she had like such a motherly energy to her and she really just that relationship, that relationship that Sammy and Margot had that sort of instant connection and um, like pull towards each other was really quite easy because by the time that we had finished our magic lesson and got onto set, I, we were already giggling in between scenes. I already felt like we had a relationship to the point where it was so, it was kind of like natural when we had to, in the later scenes, when we had to be more um, like buddy, buddy with each other. Mm. It was like super interesting to go from like having a bond as actors, as people, and then having to get on set and like, not like, like Sammy, not like Margot. And it was almost harder for me to do that, which is crazy, but it was just such a wonderful experience. And I think that we definitely pulled from us being able to just giggle in between scenes. Um, we definitely pulled from that to create the Sammy and Margot closeness that they had by the end of the film. The whole thing about magic in the equation of it. So Kate was talking about um, how she kind of like before you know, filming started, she went to the Magic Castle and she learned a few things as well. It's it's funny, I came across this um video she did back in 2019 when she was pitching the film to, like, um, people and she, like, in part of her presentation, she was doing magic tricks as well. And the thing I find about magic is that a lot of it is, you know, illusion, but I think some of the, most of the time, the magicians themselves are playing characters or a version of themselves while up there. It's very much performance-based, do you find any type of uh, connection between acting on screen as opposed to acting as a magi- magician? Is there kind of like a connection between the two when you are playing the role as a magician or are you playing a character when you're up there? Because you are selling the trick, but you're also selling yourself selling the trick, aren't you? Yeah. I mean, I definitely think that as a person, you can contain many, you contain multitudes. You can be, you can have different personas. I mean, I make this joke all the time with my parents. We all have, I mean, even I do, we all have our work voice. Mm-hmm. That's the voice when you get on the phone with like your coworkers or um, whatever, but it's really, I, I definitely do think that there's similarities in ways that when you're, when you're doing magic, you are making an audience, you're telling a story with these cards and, and maybe it's um, like tennis balls or whatever you're telling a story and and sort of going through a journey with an audience 
with acting, you're doing the exact same thing, just with a little bit more editing. <laughs> and through a screen and through a camera, you're kind of, you're telling a story, but you're being, you know, you're a character as an actor, you're a character, but you're telling a story and you are really just, I mean, with movies that are more like fantasy and sci-fi, you're making an audience go through these same experiences that the character is going through. You're making the audience root for that character, cry with that character, laugh with that character. I mean, acting in and of itself is kind of like a magic show. Hmm. Every time you make a film or a television show, you're you're kind of having a whole like magic show and you're the the end of the story is kind of like the product of the magic. And it's kind of it's interesting. It really is interesting the similarities and Kate made the wonderful decision to combine the two and I mean and also combine animation which is another form of storytelling Mm. um and she just combined all three of them so seamlessly and so flawlessly and in a way that meshed so well it was just incredible the maths movie reviews podcast is brought to you by 80s tees 80s tees is an online retailer of licensed t-shirts and pop culture gear from your favorite movies TV shows, cartoons, video games, comic books, and musicians. Celebrate your inner 80s nerd and click on the link in the show notes below to get the raddest retro t-shirts delivered to your door. The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is brought to you by Loot Crate. Founded in 2012, Loot Crate is the worldwide leader in fan subscription boxes. Loot Crate partners with industry leaders in entertainment, gaming, sports, and pop culture to deliver monthly themed crates, produce interactive experiences in digital content, and film original video productions. No matter what you geek out about, Loot Crate has a subscription box for you. To get your very own exclusive collectibles, apparel, and gear delivered to your door, be sure to click on the link in the show notes below. The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is brought to you by TeePublic. TeePublic is the world's largest marketplace for independent creators to sell their work on the highest quality merchandise. With over 1.2 million designs, TeePublic is sure to have something you will love. When it comes to the magic itself, did you have any perceptions of what magic was before going in compared to what you see it as now after doing this movie? Well, when I... I mean, when I was a kid, I loved watching magic. I never really got into doing magic because it just looked, it looks really hard because it's as a consumer of, as a viewer of a magic show, you're, you're filled with these um, questions of how do they do that? That's literally impossible. You're filled with so much wonder and this, this spark of, of wanting to know how it happened. And for me, especially, because I, always want to know how things happen how the phenomenons of the world (laughs) um but once I you know learned magic for this film I was kind of I was I was appreciative of I mean our magic instructor Kayla Drescher wonderful female magician I didn't realize how much work actually went into doing magic tricks Mm. because it does once though it does look hard when you're looking at it it also looks easy because, I mean, they're really just flipping a card and it goes away, it disappears. But it really is work because you have to perfect it. You have to make it look pretty while also making it, making the trick work. And it really is just an interesting 
it, it, it's interesting how much your perspective changes when you've seen both sides. And I feel like that's the same with acting. You think that, you think that, oh, they're just, you know, just putting, being happy or being sad or being, you know, angry, but it really, as an actor, you realize that it really is a lot of work and you're pulling emotions from deep within. And because there is this little bit of self-pressure and maybe pressure on you, but self-pressure a lot to make the experience feel real. And so I feel like both magic and acting are, your perspectives will change when you see the opposite side. Could it be accurate when I say that acting as a profession is somewhat kind of like a collection of hobbies that you get along the way? Because when you take on a role, you learn certain skills, right? So would you consider, you know, learning magic, for example, is something that's going to stick with you for a while? Because I imagine you're going to, it's a process where you have to repeat over and over and over to almost get it down as an instinct. Do you think, like, for example, next time you go to a party, you can pull off a party trick uh, for people to to check out? Yeah, I mean, I don't think I could be that good but I definitely I mean like you said I kind of learned a bunch of things I mean even from projects I've done in the past year um there like I was on I'm going to be there's a show coming out uh in later this August is what we're shooting for called Surfside Girls and Mm -hmm. um I play Jade Lee who's like this scientist fashionista but she's also a surfer and so I got to learn a little bit of surfing for that um Magic was definitely something that, again, as a kid, I had always loved watching. And after Marvelous, I actually started like finding, you know, with social media these days, certain things pop up. And I mean, because your phones are always listening, but certain things pop up. Mm. And I found myself, you know, looking for magic tricks. I learned um, two magic tricks since Marvelous. One of them was really similar to a lot of the palming that we had to do in Marvelous. It's the uh, trick from a lot of the Marvel movies, the Jimmy Woo card trick, which, right. <laughs> I mean, it's really interesting how many, hobby, I mean, you're correct. You really do pick up so many things you kind of get to be. I mean, I like to think that acting is kind of a little bit like being um Jack of all trades because you kind of get to dip your toe in every single water you I mean you can be an astronaut you could be a surfer you could be a magician you can be whatever you want when you're an actor without actually having to have the knowledge that a lot of those professions have and you can sort of you can sort of just have fun with it and see where you fit and what sticks with you you mentioned before kind of like how movie making and cinema is kind of like a magic in its own right. And I think it's especially so kind of like in a post-production process of it. And what's interesting about this movie is that the animation aspect of it, I don't think that was something that was really in the script or even something that was even mentioned during filming. I mean, I remember listening to Kate say that um, it was something more came about in post-production. When you first see kind of like those flourishes in the film where the inner workings of, of your character, especially the stuff that she has in the journal kind of pops up on the screen. What was your first kind of reaction to that? Because that's kind of like, you know, magic on its own. You've got a different kind of medium blending in with the live action stuff and appearing on the screen. I'm sure that would be really cool for you to see that, especially considering you didn't really know whether that was going to be part of the film uh, in, the, in, the, in the initial stages of the filmmaking. Yeah, I mean, well, one of the things that Kate, like one of the first things in pre-production and Kate had given me the notebook that Sammy um, carries around through the film. And she kind of, because I am I love art. I love doing art. I love doodling and sketching. So she said, just sketch out some 
angsty stuff, sketch out some more positive stuff, just kind of doodle, doodle how you feel and, and just kind of explore your character through a medium and, and hobby that you enjoy already. And that was really wonderful. Um, seeing, I mean, we really had an interesting, that was an interesting thing because um, I don't know if this was mentioned already, but we finished filming uh, October, 2019. Mm-hmm. And we were originally like, we were really felt really rushed because we had to go to Tribeca the following year. Yeah. And then the pandemic hit and the world basically turned upside down and everything paused, but it was kind of a blessing in disguise because it gave Kate and the editing team more time in post-production to really make the film what it is today and perfect it in a way and add little things that you might not have thought of um, when filming or in the uh, first stages of editing. We were really able to put things that made the film as special as it is now. I mean, that artwork stuff, Kate was telling me that she didn't actually think that she was going to put that in, but she has a background in being an animation writer and she was an artist herself. Yes. So she was like really... We were all really happy that it turned out the way it did. And we got to see all parts of um, our like experiences and our um, little bits and pieces that we put into our characters put out on the screen. And I'm sure that Kate was happy that she got to put all the things about her story into this, into the film. Yeah. I mean, definitely the choices of her, um, uh, putting animation, but like more um, like actual mm-hmm. writing and actual like line drawing and sketching forms of animation um, made it even better because it really did show what Sammy was thinking, the things she was doing, but explain them in a way that was different and unique and something that I have not seen on screen yet. I've talked to um, actors before where they talk about sometimes jotting a diary, um, maybe their own perceptions of the character and kind of like maybe a backstory such. Is that a kind of like an approach that you take to your own characters? When you get a character, how do you like to kind of flesh out? Do you go by what's in the script or do you like to add your own personal flourishes, uh, maybe with or without the filmmaker, knowing what's uh, what, what your perception is of the character? Well, I think that personal flourishes always end up getting into the film whether the actor intends to or not because Mm -hmm. it's just you pick up certain habits as a person and as an actor and you sort of always are bringing yourself into your character Um, even if it's just like a little bit like a look or a expression that you make it, it really does it makes the character more you it, it really does and it's so interesting because I personally want to be a director, especially after working with Kate, I just am 100% sure. And I love to, one of the things that I like try to do is sort of talk to the filmmakers, like the directors, um, possibly writers if I can, and sort of really try to understand my character from how they see it. And then one of the wonderful things about being on this film is that it was collaborative and that Kate would be like, we got what we needed. So, you know what? You guys have fun with it. And we were able to sort of put our own spins on a scene. Maybe we saw it a little differently than the director did or whatever it was. And it is really a rewarding feeling when you 
go and see your film and you see those things that you put into your character on the screen. Kate kind of cut her teeth um, as a filmmaker with short films, like many other filmmakers do. Is that something uh, that you see yourself doing, maybe working on some shorts to develop your own craft? Or have you even begun uh, doing that or have any ideas about short films yourself? I've been slightly busy recently. Um, I do do a lot of, like, writing. Um, I do a lot of, like, just, like, writing little mini scripts and, like, you know, little, little mini projects with friends. I really do hope that one day I'll be able to be a filmmaker. That is kind of where like my sights are set right now. And my heart is really set on that. I'm doing that as a career, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm really just taking every day as it comes, learning as an actor and learning from the people I've been so lucky to work with. Yeah, I mean, I really do hope that I make it to be a filmmaker one day. You know, I, I read this quote by Kate where she said that Marvelous in the Black Hole was the film that she wished she had when she was growing up. Um, she said that this was a movie for um, Asian Americans and women who rarely see themselves in the lead, for anyone who suffer, uh, felt invisible or suffered of a difficult loss. And, and I'm just quoting here, for those wonderful uh, and weird people who find beauty, humour and resilience in the dark. I mean, it's such a very precise kind of vision of her own kind of like a filmmaking kind of quest, own filmmaking mission. When it comes to yourself when choosing roles or working on projects, um, do you have your own kind of, you know, vision of what you will like to do in regards to the, the roles you choose? And also, does that kind of also develop into what type of filmmaker you want to be as well. Do you want to make films in regards to that deal with these similar issues that, that Kate um, talks about with, in regards to Marvelous in the Black Hole? Yeah, I, I absolutely love films like this where they're real stories and they also represent people who look like me, which is really incredible. But they're also real stories that are not, they're outside the box and they're not the typical roles for someone who looks like me which that this is that was like the definition of marvelous and that's what I those are the type of films I want to make in regards to choosing roles themselves um I definitely try to choose more of the roles that are like marvelous that are like real stories and about real people real experiences but I also I like to dip my toe in all genres and in the in the waters of all realms of acting because as an actor, you really have a bag of tricks and you pull each experience you have as an actor. I mean, even within the same project, you pull different tools and different mechanisms. And it really is just kind of like a mismatch, a mishmash of uh, different techniques. And, you know, one of the, I mean, one of the most common questions I get is, what is your favorite genre? Because I have been so lucky to have done so many different, like been able to film so many different genres. But the truth is, is I really love all of them and I love them all for different reasons. And so I'm, I'm really hoping that when I'm a filmmaker and as an actor, I get to continue to um, represent um, Asian Americans in all different genres and represent real stories. 
Well, for everyone out there listening, Marvelous and the Black Hole in theaters, April 22nd. Um, it is a wonderful film. You've got so many great uh, reviews already from the Los Angeles Times, Variety, and um, you can add my review on there as well. That's going to be up very soon because I find this film to be really magnificent. I think you got, what you guys done with Kate and what you've done with Rhea here has been absolutely just terrific. And um, I just want to say, Maya Check, I thank you so very much for your time today. Congratulations on the movie. I hope to talk to you again in the future. It's so great to see you on screen. And um, I know you're so very busy and prolific, and hopefully we can talk again with it when you've got more projects in the future. Thank you so much. It was so nice to talk to you.